Welcome back, everybody, to the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto. I am your host, Eric Anthony, and I'm very, very happy to have with us in the cave for the first time and hopefully not the last uh, local artist, Megan Huang. Is that the right way to say your name? I should have asked you before we started. It is. It is. It's perfect. Thank you. Awesome. Very good. How's it going, Megan? It's very nice to have you on the show. It's going well. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. I, I think uh, being in our city right now is uh, a little bit more stressful, I would imagine, than some of the other cities in the world, but we're going to get through it. Yeah. We'll be okay. Yeah. That right. is just my dog in the background, probably speaking to the neighbors in the neighborhood, so don't mind her. <laughs> um, so I was really excited to to see you post that you were looking for podcasts to talk to because you have a new project coming out, Rangers mm-hmm. of the Divide, with Dark Horse Comics, correct? Yeah. Tell us about it. What's, what's the project about? Um, so it follows a group of rangers, and... <laughs> It follows them on a, a journey to a journey to um, like defeat a mysterious enemy, uh, which you know I can't re- reveal too much about because the enemy is actually revealed at the end of the, the first arc. So, um, big spoiler. So if I if I do, <laughs> so the the whole concept of the, uh, your story. What was the, the, mm-hmm. the seed and, and how did it germinate and come into this, this vision that you're about to present to the world? Um, I think like a lot of my inspirations came from, you know, a lot of the things I like. Um, I remember in college, there was like this professor and she said, um, you know, you have to like draw from real life and I just never really have I've always been inspired by other pop culture and stuff um and so that's what I did for this um and I feel like I'm disappointing her but I don't really like her anyway so (laughs) so um it's all good um but yeah like I drew from Attack on Titan Mm -hmm. uh that was a huge heavy influence uh for me I don't I don't, I think people will see a lot of similarities. I don't think it's a blatant ripoff, but there are a lot of similarities just because I love Attack on Titan so much. Um, uh, but yeah, like if, since that the anime is ending soon, like, you know, and people might be like sad about that. I mean, I know I will be. So, I mean, Rangers might be a good kind of fill, fill in for that. You know, I hope, I hope it could be. I, I'm not going to say it's as good as Attack on Titan because I don't know if anything can be. But <laughs> yeah, Attack on Titan um, was a big inspiration for the story, uh, for the art. I think it was just, I just loved uh, dragons since I was little. And, I, and I've always wanted to do a book with dragons in it. And I kind of wanted to do one on my own. So. Um, yeah, I, I pitched this solo book, um, just it, me as the writer and artist and letter even to Dark Horse. And eventually um, they, they said yes. Um, and so that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's great. Um, is, is this your first time taking on all of these tasks yourself? Because I know that you have dabbled in different aspects of, of uh, making a comic, 
comic before, whether it be coloring, inking, or or the artwork. But is this your first time doing all of those things for a, a complete package? Um, this is my technically my second time. Okay. Um, but but the first time um, didn't pan out, like because I it just wasn't a good deal, I guess, and um. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know what's what's really happening with that book. I, it's like I said to them that we don't have to go through with it, basically, um, to, like, continue it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, so this one is, like, my official, mm. I guess, first release. But, like, the other one would have been the first one. But, yeah. So you have okay. experience, then, in doing the work. There's a yeah. difference in it being released or, you know, published, but you have, you have had your hand so that you're not going in this the first time wondering, can I, can I do this? I wonder if it'll take kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. Um, and I think, but I think, um, you know, working with Dark Horse, uh, or any publisher that wasn't the one that I was working with, but like the first time around, um, like I've had a lot of you know, help. And I've like learned what, like from like the editor's advice, um, that they given me, which I actually didn't have on the first one. Um, Mm. they were like, Oh, just make sure you get the issues done. And I was like, don't you want to see what's like up with the script? And they're like, as long as you finish it, you know? (laughs) So like, I feel like having that input, um, from, you know, my editors now has actually made the book better than you know it probably would have been if it was just me going with like the first draft you know on my own right right yeah well that's good that you know I think growing pains are natural whenever people are are you know trying a new endeavor for the first time and things don't go exactly mm-hmm. the way you you would have liked or hoped or the, even the way they may have sold it to you but that probably puts you right now as it uh, gives you certain notches of experience under your belt c- to kind of see red flags as you continue your career. Like I already know where this type of publisher is going sort of thing. Yeah. Um, for sure. I think, you know, um, I found a kind of like, after, yeah, let me, let me try to rephrase. I, after like, going and working with various publishers I kind of mostly like weeded out the ones that I would like to work with and ones that I don't of course mm-hmm. um I, I think you know the ones that I like to work with are you know definitely involved with the projects but ultimately like leave it up to me they, they don't they don't try to like control every aspect mm-hmm. um because I had a project that I had to leave recently and it was because they basically had me trace, um, uh, like trace a character from a photo and they were like, just, just trace it. Cause the other versions that you've redrawn for us have not been good. And I'm like, okay, thank you for that. <laughs> so I just think, you know, like having, you know, that, that input, um, that professional input from the editors and, Obviously, I, I do have to definitely listen to them on, like, things. Uh, but, like, having, like, this understanding that I'm, like, not a machine 
Mm. Um, and I'm just like a human who can only do so many iterations before like, you know, the rate basically becomes minimum wage. Um, right. Yeah. So, so there's definitely like, um, a difference between the, the ones I, I do like and the ones that I had bad experiences with. Yeah. Okay. So to build on what you've said, um, mm-hmm. as a, as a creator now, who's kind of, um, you know, weaved your way through different sort of pitfalls. What's it, uh, advice that you would give somebody, what, what's advice that you would give yourself perhaps three years ago that you've, you've got now in your back pocket for up and coming creators who should kind of, who, who may not know these things going into it. Right. Yes. Yeah, important stuff. Um, I definitely tried to do my research early on. I didn't want to get, you know, scammed or anything, but I feel like, unfortunately, the best way to learn some, like from some things is just making those mistakes. Mm. Um, like, and I saw I was like looking out for everything and I was prepared, but I wasn't. So I think, um, you know, what's important is to definitely make sure you have a way out of the contract if need be. Um, and definitely make sure you can get your rights back for a book if need be. Um, if the publisher mm. isn't like, like doing anything great with your book, if they're like um, taking advantage of you or the, or the, or the material or something. Um, and also don't, value your work for less hmm. um like uh, what they think like you you were worth or something because um I mean I've I definitely don't think I'm like you know Jim Lee or anything but like I definitely feel like I want to make a living and I don't want to get like paid ten dollars a page or something uh, which I have been offered before um when I said no people would get mad uh, <laughs> Uh, so I think those are a couple of important things, um, to look out for and definitely always try to be nice to people in the industry because it is a small industry and word does get around. You don't want to be like Cameron Stewart (laughs) who got, you know, called out, um, about things or, or, you know, just known to be like a, a, a mean person because you, you, unless like you're a huge, huge name it'll probably like you probably won't yeah last long that's great advice because i mean even even i think everything you said is gold but the uh Mm -hmm. being nice i think when in doubt i I, this is kind of the motto i've taken is when when i'm not sure be kind if i don't understand if i don't know and i even if i want to be upset it's better to just be kind to a person because you never know who one day might be that where that person might show up again and uh, yeah. never getting too big for your britches either. Because I think in the cases of some of these recent um, people who have kind of been outed now, I think a lot of it had to do with them thinking they were bigger than what they were, that they were almost untouchable. Because yeah. I think that's what leads to certain behaviors, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. And I yeah. think... Uh, it, it'll definitely help a lot of, especially the valuing your work. I've never heard somebody put it that way. Cause sometimes I go to a con, 
a convention and I look for young and up and coming artists who I like their work and they're not going to be charging $200 for a bust, right? They're going to give you mm-hmm. maybe a full figure for $80, $100. But it is also important to not put it at $25 because right. people will look at your work perhaps as, oh, that's, you know, just a $25 sketch and uh, they don't really take themselves seriously sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think like going back to being nice, um, mm. like some people too, um, I had a friend post on Twitter recently and she said, um, that she recalled a time when cons were still on and she went to one of those dinners afterwards and, um, she was talking to this creator, this up and coming guy and, he kind of said nothing, got bored with her, I think, and then walked away and sat down with like a popular creator because like because she wasn't you know she's not like super pop not like, she's popular to me but like she's not like <laughs> you know world renowned or anything. Um, but like he went over and he sat uh, with the other you know this this better in his eyes better like. Creator that could yeah. probably take him places, you know, and you know that like the kind of like being like that, like especially when you're trying to break in, is probably not the best way to be, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a general rule, like it's if yeah. you can never be like that, don't ever be like that because we were all once somebody's apprentice. Somebody was our mentor once. You know what I mean? We all know what it was like to have mm-hmm. to prove yourself and and to think that I'd rather hang out with the popular kid than than you you're beneath me that elitist thing is like ah, get out of here with that yeah stuff. yeah that, that's good stay humble good good advice stay humble and value yourself that's it, it almost yeah. seems that they're they're opposites but they go hand in hand in a very unique way well, that's good I like it yeah so uh Let's talk a little about your background, like where you grew up, the kind of things that, you know, brought you into the realm of artistic storytelling. So you grew up in Toronto, right? If I, am I wrong? Yes, Mississauga. Mississauga. Mm -hmm. Your whole life you were there? Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. Mississauga's a nice place. I'm uh, I'm not too far from you. (laughs) We we (laughs) always downplay. Uh, We like our city maybe as a whole, but we always kind of downplay our neighborhood. Like, ah, it's all right. Would have been better to be here. (laughs) Um. What got you interested in comics? Were you were you a fan from an early age, or was there you know maybe an animated show or a, a anime or manga that you know piqued your interest? Um, I don't know if it was like, um, I don't know if animated shows got me into comics. I definitely did watch all sorts of animated shows, like this Spider Man one we had it on DVD or VHS or something. I and I remember watching it over and over and. It's about like I don't know a guy. I think it was Scorpion. It was about Spider-Man fighting Scorpion or something. I can't remember. Um, and like I watched Batman Beyond and uh, Batman the animated series and Justice League, um, and like all all that stuff. But I I never read comics, you know, after watching that stuff. I think it's just quicker to watch it than so then to read and it's <laughs> and that's kind of like how I how I like feel today too like I, I like I'll I have a whole you know 
pile of comics um, sitting around, and I'm just like, all oh, the movie's out, so I'll just watch that <laughs> instead. Um, but, you know, I definitely do try to read them when I can. But I think the thing that got me into comics was actually The Walking Dead. Hmm. Um, when my friend told me, like, oh, you watch, she was like, oh, you watch The Walking Dead? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, you know, it's based on a comic series. I was like, what? I was like, the way I felt was like just super confused and super surprised. And like, just, I don't know, just bewildered that it was based on a comic. I I don't know. It just came to me such a shock. Um, And so I read the comics and I definitely like was like, hey, this happened in the show. And, and, you know, and from there, you know, I started to get a pickup, um, you know, Justice League, um, Flash, Batgirl, um, like Iron Man. I uh, can't remember all the stuff I got at the beginning, but yeah, like a lot of, a lot of comics. And then from there, I was like, maybe I should do this because I want to do something with art and animation is hard. So <laughs> <laughs> comics seem like a like a good a good I can work from home on them too so yeah, yeah they seem like a good <laughs> you know option for me so were you yeah. always kind of uh, artistically it was your knack like you saw that you had an artistic gift from an early age um I think so I think I always knew like well in school though that I was not the best one there there was there was always like um, like a per- kid in my class who was like better than me. So I was never like the best artist at all, but I think I'm the only one working in art right now. Um, yeah. It, but it, yeah, for the longest time I thought I was good at art, but not as good as those people. <laughs> and, um, you know, I definitely love to draw um, whenever like I was watching TV with my parents or, um, after school, after school program I went to, or I don't know, just in general, I would just, I mean, it was a very creative child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, well, it's, it's so interesting to hear when, uh, everybody kind of realizes that there's this something that's, they're drawn to, no pun intended, to, to be artistic <laughs> and to, even as like a hobby or a pastime or something to relax them. Like you say, you're watching TV and it was just something that you, you found yourself doing and just knew that it came to you. It, I think it's, it, it is first and foremost, there's a way that I think artistic brains function where they can see certain things in a perspective. Like I could never draw, I, I could learn, anyone can learn, but naturally I, I couldn't draw a perspective at all up until this point it's I'm horrible so when you I think mm-hmm. people who have it they have it and then it's a matter of getting to that point where you feel that you can tell a story or you can you know whatever uh, avenue of art you want to get into so you you mentioned some of those uh, comics that you picked up was there any rhyme or reason you picked those ones after the walking dead because they're all they're kind of different from what the mm-hmm. the walking dead is so you said bad girl justice league flash and Iron Man, right? What were some mm-hmm. of the... Th- was it related to any sort of media at that time that you, you were connected to? Um, there was also Superman. And I think Man of Steel had just kind of come out and I loved it. 
I love okay. I love movies so much, and I to this day listen to the soundtrack and um, while I work sometimes. Um, yeah, and Henry Cavill is just great. Um, so I definitely picked up. I think all the Superman Unchained. Yeah. Um, and I thought they were great. Uh, you know, and uh, so like. It, it's kind of and definitely like I picked up Iron Man because of the movies. Cause I, I, again, Iron Man was a thing like I saw as a movie first, and mm, then I was like, okay. "Is this is that a comic? Holy crap! Is <laughs> the movie was so cool? I I actually watched it on a crappy computer um, at like oh man, and before I moved to, to the house I'm in now, like." Um, and my dad had it on the computer and he was like, Oh, I downloaded Iron Man. Are you interested? And I was like, no. And then I, I just watched it on my own one day on, on the computer of all things, which is super weird. And, uh, and I was like, Whoa, that was actually so good. So <laughs> that was, yeah, that, that, that kind of introduced me to my love for like Tony and the Avengers. Um, uh, so that, yeah, <laughs> that was a couple of the, the things, um, and I think also I drew from this animated series that I've, I mentioned that I watched before. So like for Batman and stuff, I'm like, oh, I, like, you know, I used to watch Batman all the time as a kid. I'll probably grab this comic. Uh, and, you know, like, I, I don't think there was any Batman Beyond comics I knew about at the time. It came out a little after, it was like future, what was it called? Future... Oh man, what was it? Future's End. Future's End. Yeah, I think there was a Future's yeah. End series. Uh, was it um, Dan Jurgens? I think that did it. Perhaps I. I don't know why his sure. name is connected with with Batman Beyond. But c- continue. Go ahead. Yeah, but like that. So those animated series kind of got me into. Um, I think they even if I didn't notice or know it at the time, they kind of um, influenced what I picked up. At, at the store, um, or at the stores, hmm. I go to a few stores. <laughs> yeah, I gotta support those local shops. Which which was the yeah. which was your home store? If you were in Mississauga, were you going into the city and, and going to the city shops, or were you is there some a place in Mississauga you'd go to? Um, there is one in Mississauga, except I don't know. I don't really like. I'm not a, f- a huge fan of like the location and the like the sp- like that space itself so um i go to oakville and i conspiracy comics if you know conspiracy no i I think no i think i've heard of it but i haven't been there but i've heard of the story yeah okay yeah but yeah like i go to i've been going to them and they've moved like three times like their location three times um so uh yeah they've they've been good i and um, I also go to, with this one's a little further, Comics Connection, or Comic Connection, um, like a little further into Oakville. So, but yeah, I don't have a full list with them as with Conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing I, I've missed this year was uh, that ritual of being able to go to the comic shop and see what's new, but also just talk to, to other people again about stuff. It was the, mm-hmm. <laughs> those little rituals. The comic shop's important. It's, it's, uh, 
uh, one of the what's like what's the word like a great feeder to the culture that not having mm-hmm. it there you feel it so I mean podcast is a great way to to talk to like minded fans but yeah I miss the comic shop for sure yeah um so did you have a favorite book amongst them that was the one that was like I guess I guess Walking Dead would have left an impression on you because it is a, a book that. Uh, or, or a television show that when you read the book, you can't believe that they could do this maybe in comics, right? Because you, we always mm-hmm. kind of think comics are for kids. It's superheroes. It turns into cartoon right. shows, right? So don't mean to answer for you, but which ones, you know, left that impact on you after The Walking Dead, I guess? Um, like other than superhero stuff? Uh, what, what, no, whatever it was. Like, Walking Dead got you in the door, and then you started to, you know, browse through the universes of, of comics. So was there one that stuck out to you after that that's like, that's that's the next one on that list that, wow, I can't believe you could do this? Um, I really like this one. I don't know how many people know of it, but they should know of it. Um, it's called, like, Sound of the World by Heart. Uh, and... It is a Lion Forge book, or Magnet, sorry, Magnetic Press, which is part of Lion Forge. Um, and it's, it's gorgeous. Um, people, I saw that, that some people didn't like the story. I personally loved it. Like, it made me cry. Um, so, like, it, it was, it was like, like a, the, it was the, uh, writer slash artist love letter to the city of New York and mm-hmm. he you know drew it in a way where it's like you know he loved like living there for however long he did um, and the characters um, are pretty you know they're just part of this like romance story it's not like a, a you know, powers or, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, killing zombies or anything. It's just a, a romance kind of story. Um, and I loved it. It was, it was great. Um, and he follows me on like Instagram and when he, and he was like, yo, your art's so good. And I was like, um, do you mean that? And I was like, <laughs> but and he's to this day still follows me. And That's great. like, and it's, I'm like, okay, I don't know how you picked me, but, I'm not going to complain, but please don't unfollow me because then all <laughs> my heart will break. Um, but yeah, like, no, I, I, you know, I, I'm so, I'm so happy that like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his work and like, I'm, I'm glad he likes me and my work. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, who, who's the, the creator of that book? Um, oh man, I don't know how to say his name because oh, okay. he's like, I think Italian, but it's like, uh, Oh man, Giacomo Bellavacqua or something. Um, yeah, I just, oh. I, I feel like I said that completely wrong. No, though. you're pretty close. I I happen to to I think know how to pronounce it because I'm Italian. Okay. So it's I think it's Giacomo Bevelacqua. Giacomo, yeah. Would yeah. be how you. So it's, yeah, his name is Jack. Drink water. <laughs> Literal translation. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and the name of the book again. Um, the Sound of the World by Heart. The Sound of the World by Heart. Because everything you've described, I'd be very interested in having a book like that on my shelf. Because I love New York City, and I could mm-hmm. I could watch probably someone's sequential panels of just a day going through the city. It would probably be, make me so happy. 
So yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's beautiful. Yeah, I I have you been mm-hmm. to New York before? I have twice. Yeah. yeah. Did you like it? Some people don't like big cities so much, but I <laughs> I love New York. I know that's very cliche. How did you find it? Well, there's things I definitely liked and things I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, so the things I I'll start with what I did like because I'm a negative person. Uh, <laughs> so I did like <laughs> I did like you know seeing all the sights. Um, you know, go taking the boat to see the Statue of Liberty, the mm-hmm. ferry, um, and you know, seeing, um, the museum. I, I, I love museums and I I walked off in the museum for a good, like 40 minutes. And the person I was with was like texting me like, where are you? Are you okay? Has something happened? I just, I was just walking around taking all these pictures, um, and, and reading all about, you know, I remember it was like this, various armor from different uh, regions of, of the world like and uh, the, like the backstories behind the armor I, I remember that um uh and Central Park was cool um except I really needed to use the washroom so I was like let's, let's just get through this <laughs> this part um yeah it, there is like and, and you know going to see Times Square um that was pretty cool. And I think, oh man, I think the first time I went was after the second Amazing Spider-Man movie came out. And there was like a scene where he saves uh, people on those red, those red steps, like those photo steps in Times Square. Mm, and yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So like at, when I saw those, I was like, this is like in the Spider-Man movie. <laughs> um, and yeah, so those are like, a lot of the good things like seeing the sites and, and the locations that you, that you would see uh, in, in movies and uh, you know like Night at the Museum yeah. and uh, uh, you know any romance movie like in Central Park yeah um, yeah so it feels like you're on a movie I, scene all the time like you just always yeah, feel like a movie's being shot around you and it just all you need is a soundtrack that's all like that's the only thing missing <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I think the big thing I did not like about New York, though, was, like, the the honking <laughs> at all hours, like, day mm. and night. So it was just, like, they're, like, honk, 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 honk. It was, like, 3 a.m., honk, 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 honk. And I'm, like, why? Go to sleep. It, yeah. It's the city that... That's but. right. It's the city. <laughs> I know, right? You don't realize it until you're staying in that city, and it's, it's all... I, I, I think... Maybe my wife had said this to me once where she had grown up in, you know, North York in the Tobacco area. And when she had Mm -hmm. gone to stay at a friend's house who lived in Burlington, she could hear like quiet and it was unnerving for her to hear quiet. So I I don't know if for us when we stay in New York, we're we're used to maybe, you know, sirens or, or, you know, cars going by. But uh, it yeah, the honking never stops. You're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so weird um because you don't because in toronto like we don't we don't do that i don't think um <laughs> not on their level but, no yeah it's, it's it's too much it's too much so i could never live there mm. um but i i like visiting um 
I mean, I would live there if, like, you know, DC or some some of them paid me a whole bunch of money to live there. But I would have to, like, <laughs> live, like, I feel like Sam doesn't, does it, does it, would it travel to the higher levels, like, a, a huge amount? I don't know. Like, I would have to live at the top of the building. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> you probably hear it a lot less up there, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's a... You put it out there. I could see it happening. When you become uh, famous to work in, in New York because of DC had, has you there, uh, don't forget the little people because <laughs> it's going to yeah. happen for you after Rangers of the Divide. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah. You worked on a book called Warhausen. Yes. Are you by chance a wrestling fan or were you uh, hired to just draw a wrestling book? Um, I, I was never really a wrestling fan. Okay. I, I did do like some care, like, uh, I don't, he's not a character, but like, uh, some studies of CM Punk mm-hmm. before. And I, he worked on Drax and I was like, oh, that's cool. So I picked up Drax, um, his Drax run, um, it, but yeah, like I, I was never really a huge wrestling fan. Um, it never really clicked with me. Mm. Um, <laughs> as like it was just it's just so confusing. It's like medieval times, but like <laughs> people people treat it as if it's like I don't know. I don't like a Game of Thrones. You know, I don't want to describe it. It's like that's like, interesting. It's like it's real. Like the I don't understand. I don't know. <laughs> It's, that's so interesting here to hear you describe it that way. Because I mean, uh, growing up as a kid in the '90s, uh, wrestling was was a television show that we considered. We we it was kind of as children the lines were blurred of what's really mm-hmm. going on here. It was still a magic trick to some extent, and I think nowadays yeah. um, everyone knows the magic. Like they know behind the curtain, maybe a little too much. But even but even with that information the people who are into it um, follow it on a, a very interesting performance level, even though they understand all of the tricks of the trade in a way. It's, it's interesting mm-hmm. to hear you describe it now and knowing people who grew up watching it. Um, yeah, it's medieval times that people are taking like it's real. That's so funny. Yeah. So preparing yeah. a book like that uh, or writing, I, I never got a chance to read it, but I had – flip through a couple of the images for it. Did you have to do any sort of research to understand wrestling or was that all kind of taken care of by the script? Um, most of it was taken care of by the script. Okay. Um, and a lo- I think most of it was, was not wrestling wrestling. It was like kind of the characters, you know, talking and selling a house at one point, I think. And, um, all that it so it was just kind of like normal kind of stuff um but then the wrestling parts um like the moves mm-hmm. I definitely had to look up right like what what they were you know um I can't remember any I was <laughs> I'm trying to come up with like at least one but I can't remember any um uh there was like one where there was like a guy and he had the other guy like almost in like a headlock, but it wasn't. It was like you put it under the arm. I don't know, but like I had to look up what it looks like um, from like you know like uh, like images online, like just Google images uh, of 
wrestlers or even just like you know fighters in general like doing those moves because i just did not know how to i just did not know what they were (laughs) yeah that's so I, i mean your job sounds like so much more fun than everybody else's when your research requires you to look up wrestling moves to draw. <laughs> like the research for you, the images must have been hilarious of what would come up depending on what the move was. That's so funny. Yeah, um, everyone looks like super mad though. Like, <laughs> yeah. They would like jump at the other dude and they were like, faces were like pink with like blood and yeah. their eyes were like wide and full of fury. Yeah. <laughs> so looking up those Im- like I've never thought of it before I've, I've read a couple of books that had wrestling in it uh, I, I was a wrestling fan like I said but would it be a challenge to, it must be much more challenging to draw an action scene where two people's bodies are intertwined that way I know it sounds like yeah. a weird question but was it a challenge for you to, to figure out a way to make the anatomy all work like that it actually it actually was um Actually, you know, you're completely right. It, it, it is a challenge to, like, especially for the more intricate ones where it's like one person's arm is going under the other person's arm, but he's also grabbing the face of the other. It's like, like they're all twisted up. <laughs> and I have to, like, really go back to those images and really kind of, like, put a lot of brain power into making it accurate but also look good in the comic, you know, like not just accurate because you can make it accurate, but make it really boring, just very stiff. So I Mm. tried to avoid that. I hope I was successful. I haven't looked back at my pages for like a long, long time um, since like uh, mid 2020. But uh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, Uh, Just to, and especially because like you said, you actually had to look up, this move to like what the heck is that in the first place so that that's mm-hmm. but it, it's uh i guess the discipline or or picking up a new discipline to add to the arsenal of what you can do is always a, a good thing as opposed to i know a lot of writers have said that the best way to get uh, the best story out of your artist is to you know accommodate what it is that they like to draw and avoid what they don't want to draw but then you also mm-hmm. have some artists and writers who would say, you know what, if that's what the story needs, let's learn to draw it. It's it's important yeah. to be able to switch it up. Do you think that's true or do you try to stick to your comfort zones? Um, definitely like the comfort zones. It makes things go way faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> and so I feel like that's what I, I'll admit, that's kind of like what I do for Rangers of the Divide. It's definitely a comfort zone. It's just it's very relaxing to do because I don't have to worry too much right. about, you know, mechanical things, which are a little bit more annoying to do. Um, I recently wrapped up my work on, on young renegades of an all time low comic, um, the band. And, uh, there's like a lot of cars in there and, Oh man, one was like a a muscle car, and those are honestly easier for me to draw. But I mean, overall, I don't like drawing cars. I I can do them, I can do them fine. I think it's just oh man, like and the writer kept on apologizing in the script. He was like, "Hey, I'm sorry for making you draw all these cars. Um, 
I know this has probably been hell for you. It's like in the scripts. So I'm just like, thank you for saying that without like, you know, really, I know, I knew he, he didn't like mean to like ruin my day, even though it did. Right. <laughs> it, I mean, it was fine, but like, um, you know, it definitely gave me more practice in drawing cards and I'm still not really that great at it, but I, I can do it. And I, and I feel more confident now, like saying like, okay, to books that are like set in cities with, with lots of cars and and stuff, a little bit more confident, not all the way, but yeah. Yeah. It's something that as a person who, who doesn't draw or, or, I appreciate it, and I'm I see it as almost a magic trick happening before me when a person can take you right. know one line and all of a sudden everything's there. But when you look, when I look at so many of the comics that I grew up reading, especially superhero comics, they rarely ever take place uh, on a farm. It's always in a city, so there's always vehicles and there's always these different perspectives of building angles. And yeah, every every sort of thing becomes a much uh, different type of weight that you have to lift when you're drawing it. And, I, and sometimes we don't take that, uh, appreciate it the way we should because we just kind of flip the page and go through the story, not realizing right. that that car drove that artist crazy. <laughs> yeah. Except for like Sean Green Murphy. I'm pretty sure he's like, I get to draw a car? Yay. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, in, in some yeah. of his stories, the cars is an important, it's almost like a character, right? It is, yeah. So you, you you better draw a good car because we're going to be looking at it a lot as opposed to a, just a parked car that's going to get, you know, maybe destroyed or something. Um, yeah. Do you have a, an artist that, you know, you kind of look to and admire their work as as an inspiration or just some somebody that you've learned from what it is that they do and you said, I want to kind of capture that same emotion? Um, I think that, that would probably be... Uh, Bengal, um, and he's worked on Supergirl, Batgirl, and Overwatch comics, and Death or Glory for um, Image. Um, so he's like amazing, and I like have like, all his books, even his like early stuff and sketchbooks by him and stuff. Um, and I definitely want to uh, capture some of his energy without, of course, like just copying it because I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate that. Um, just me making money off of his style or something. Um, so, you know, there are aspects of my art, um, that I definitely, um, in a way I guess took from him, um, without blatantly copying. Um, and I, you know, I, I, but I did take like, you know, some ideas from Simone DeMeo and, um, even Jim Lee, of course, Fiona Staples, and all those great, great artists that, you know, don't follow me back yet, but um, <laughs> hopefully one day. <laughs> well, having uh, looked at the art that you've, you've put up on your um, Instagram and on your websites, I can tell your work now. So where, whoever you're drawing inspiration from to say I don't want to you know blatantly copy them but I take from here I take from I think that's what makes your art yours right is because I think Mm -hmm. we have to mimic at in the beginning and then we learn to imitate well and then and then add to something something to that imitation that kind of that sort of reminds me of this but it's different and then all of a sudden it's just you 
you know yeah. all the different parts that it comes from, but it now you've developed your own thing, but it has to come from somewhere, right? So I think right. that's completely normal. I don't think you'll be copying mm-hmm. anybody at the end of the day. Or we won't be able to tell, at least. Yeah. You, you do a lot of... Um, costume redesign for for some popular characters is that just like a a hobby you enjoy doing or is it part of like the practice of in case i ever need to come up with character designs i know how to do this (laughs) um it's more it's less like in case of and it's more like i really want to do a character (laughs) redesign right um like officially it would be super cool to see that happen and then maybe you know, the costume would appear in the TV adaptation or movie adaptation. Um, so that'd be really cool. I'd be like, I designed that. Um, so I, I, I mostly just do them for fun um, as a way to kind of like relax after, you know, as much as I like working on projects like Rangers or, or Young Renegades, I, you know, I have to, just draw for myself sometimes or else I'll lose my mind. Right. Uh, it, it does get repetitive and it does get, don't let my editors hear you say, like hear me say this, but it does get a bit boring to like just do the same project for days on end. So mm-hmm. um, I, I need to, you know, take a break and, and draw like a character and redesigns are, or the, you know, I think they're an excuse for me just to not follow like someone else's design, like, which is kind of work to me to like, just have to follow someone's design. Um, and I just kind of want that freedom to relax. You know, I don't really want to be bound by anything. Um, so that's why I do so many, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And, and it probably could inspire something that, you end up using in your own book to kind of freshen it up. If ever you say, you know what, I really like that thing I practice on. That might be perfect for, for this thing that could, Mm -hmm. you know, take away that maybe tediousness that you feel working on the same project. Do you have, um, like a dream project, a character that you would one day love to draw or draw and write a book for? Um, I have a few. Um, I think, I really wanted to work on Alien for Dark Horse, but then it moved to Marvel and I was like, crap, I just got in with Dark Horse. Um, <laughs> now I have no, like I'll have, I still have a chance to work on it maybe, but like, I don't really have many connections at Marvel. So um, another podcaster actually posted, like he shared an Alien Day post I did recently. And he was like, Hey Marvel, um, you guys should look at this. And one and one of the uh, editors like liked it, but I I knew that it was probably just a like because nothing is no follow up is really occurred. But um, yeah, I would love to work on like Alien at some point. Um, I know my work. I know how it looks and stuff. And I don't think it's like super creepy. I I think I can. I think, but I still think I can like manage like a creepy atmosphere without like, you know, making my style look like every other alien comic with that like gritty kind of like, oh, like, like really black kind of like, like lots of ink used, like, um, kind of 
I don't know how to describe it. It's like a gritty kind of look. Yeah, it doesn't um, have to be black and grimy for you to be able to t- to tell the story of of a creature that you should be afraid of. Like, there's different ways to go mm-hmm. about it, which is the challenge, yeah. right? Because if it's just a, a, a an open jaw with the, you know a drooling or something like it, sharp teeth all the time, which is necessary, but there's different ways to evoke that. It doesn't have to be that house expectation style of it. I guess I get you. Yeah. Your your work is has a very refreshing uh, feel to it. Like I everything that you've posted, there they'd be almost like perfect movie posters or great comic book covers of book. Like I want to read the rest of what's in there if it looks like this, and that's that's nice to to have that sort of departure where characters have. I don't know. It's almost like your borders have this great lighting to it for you to kind of focus on what you want us to see, but it feels good to look at it as well. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Like I definitely try to um, draw the eye to a certain, uh, you know, part of the page. I think, you know, and I, that's something I learned from that. I, I don't think I just picked it up or anything. I, I, I definitely learned it from, you know, various places, tutorials and, and, and examples by other artists, like saying like, you know, pick a focal point, uh, you know, to, to like where to draw the eye and, and either make that like a really dark area on the page. Mm-hmm. So people that kind of like gravitate toward it, towards it or, or the, or the very light area or, or like the biggest thing on the page or, or, yeah, definitely not the smallest. I was gonna say or the smallest, but I don't think I don't think that really works unless it's like, like everything else is dark and that small thing is like glowing or something. I don't know, but like it's it's like definitely important to you know consider that when you uh, create a piece so that you know where to kind of look um, and uh, and like, you know where the reader should needs to look to and so they don't get lost on the page because you know that's happened to me before and i've been like what what, what order is this supposed to be in mm, right um, that it is so um yeah it's it, yeah it's it's important i think yeah you you said uh, i heard in an interview that you did that you went to sheridan college uh, a couple of well-known mm-hmm. comic book artists have also gone to sheridan college and and uh i think chip zadarsky think is one of those those guys um what was the experience like that you had at Sheridan College and what's one thing that you take away from there that you you know remind yourself or that you still use oh man um I did not like it there Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it was not for me um I left I left after a couple of years um I recently had a panic attack about like if I don't make it big time what's going to happen to me? Do I have to go back there with my tail between my legs? And I was just a panic attack. It, it didn't really mean anything, but I definitely do. I have nightmares about going back for sure. Um, and I, I think that I would like to say I learned nothing because, you know, I'm faulty. Uh, but I learned, I guess, like what. I wanted from myself kind of, I like what I wanted to do, what I wanted to focus on, um, what I actually needed 
um, to learn versus like this. Oh man, there's this one class and it was like mixed media. Like, so like painting, um, I was sorry, I took illustration there and, um, yeah, it was like painting, but like you had to use mixed media They put like freaking glue buttons or something to like a paper and stuff and use tissue paper and I don't know it was really weird and I was like how does this how is this going to get me like a job anywhere you know like who who wants this stuff who 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 wants like these skills so it definitely taught me like the stuff that like really kind of at least to me mattered um and what I like I don't need to glue buttons to paper for for comics um so I was like I don't need this course um and I I do recall though that one day I I I skipped that particular class and there was a movie theater close by so I was like you know what I hate it here so I just went to the movies and I saw the first Goosebumps movie with Jack Black just <laughs> just off on my own. And I was like, this is so much better. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, yeah, that's kind of like what I learned. It was, I learned a bit about anatomy. I'll give them that. But yeah, like I've... But I think that's like, what you're describing yeah. is is just as valuable because if you mm-hmm. hadn't gone there and you didn't take you, – you said you went for a few years. Like you didn't just go for a few weeks or one semester. Right. You stuck it out and you knew this – I've learned of my – I learned something about myself here. And going mm-hmm. to that theater and skipping that class, there was a lesson in it. And it may not – you may not have been on this route had you not gone through that. You know, so sometimes we think I was a waste of time and I did learn nothing, but you, it probably was just as valuable for you to get to where you are now. So I think that's a, a very valuable lesson. You learned something about yourself. They didn't teach you anything, maybe the most valuable, but here you are. I think that's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So be- before we wrap up, I want to, I want to uh, get you to sell us a little bit more on Rangers of the Divide. Um, when's it coming out? And again, what audience will love this book? Um, it was actually, um, so, so it's coming out May 19th, uh, issue one, um, issue two comes out in June. The last podcast I was on, they told me the date when it was coming out. So I think that's June 16th. Um, I can't remember. (laughs) Uh, but they told me because I am not in the loop, I guess. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so um, that's those are the dates that I know of, and um, I think it'll. I wanted it to appeal to like, I think more mature readers initially. Except, you know, my editor contacted me one day and she was like, "Hey, a store has contacted Dark Horse, and they were wondering if they could put it in the." kids section I know and but she was like oh I know there's like some some harsher language in it but we can you know as long as it doesn't sound cheesy like we can you know make it less severe we could 
And yeah, so so we've replaced, um, you know, like the f bombs with like damn, <laughs> right? Instead, um, so yeah, I think so. Now it's 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 I think you know it's going to be in the kids sections, but it's really an all ages book. I I think that like it it appeals. I I would think to like a whole like variety of people. Um, so hopefully like, you know, it, it gets the widest fan base possible that way. Yeah. I'm excited for it. It looks, it looks great. And how many issues is it an ongoing or do you have a, a, a story in mind of 12 issues or, or whatever the case may be? Um, I think, uh, I, well, I want, I would, I like a minimum of three arcs. Um, but uh, we just have to really see how well arc one does. Okay. Um, so if they, if they're like, or oh, does it sell? Like, I'm it, like, I, I would understand if they didn't want to continue, right. um, with further arcs. Um, the only thing is like the downside of that is like, you're going to leave the readers with a cliffhanger. So right. have fun with that dark horse. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so so right now it's just being I think marketed as a mini series. So there's four issues um, right now um, with high hopes for more. Yeah, that's great. I think I think it's, we're gonna get all three arcs. I feel it, and it's oh, uh, thank you. we'll we'll have a, a, a nice deluxe edition of of the story from, from dark horse. When we see you at cons, when they all start up again, you'll have a nice collection of books for people to, uh, get their hands on and, and, uh, the pleasure of meeting you. Um, can we ask you some fun rapid fire questions before you go? Just so the fans can, can get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite junk food? Oh man. Chocolate. (laughs) Any particular like, Type uh, chocolate bar or you know. Oh man, size. it depends on the day, but mm. I like Reese's peanut butter cups. Good pick, very good. Pick. <laughs> Favorite band or artist? Ah, uh, I really like Cage the Elephant. They're pretty cool. Very good. They're pick. they're very indie, but very cool. Yeah. Good pick, <laughs> and and you know they got a lot of songs that I think people actually would know and be able to sing along to, even though they're an indie band. That's a nice pick. Yeah. Um, favorite movie in the MCU or show, I guess. Um, oh man, uh, favorite movie, probably Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Like it, it it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> mine too. Mine too. Uh, and if you could meet one person, who would it be? And what would you ask them? Um, I think it'd be like Henry Cavill and I'd be like, so have you played the DLC for The Witcher? Because that's really, I don't know. It's just so important to me that he's played the DLCs because they're like, I mean, the game is great, but the DLCs like are like, you know, the dessert, like the icing on top. They're like, like they just elevate the game to another level. And I just want him to like play those, the, you know, I know he can afford it like to, to download it and just, you know, quickly go through it not that he should just rush through it but you know i would i'd like him to um try it out if he hasn't already (laughs) 
it's nice to hear somebody who is a uh, a Man of Steel fan because I like that movie myself. I don't like the necessarily the rest of the the movies DC came out with, but I thought Man of Steel was was good. What was what was it about it that you liked? I know I said I had no more questions, but I wanted I wanted <laughs> to ask you that before when you said that you loved that movie. Um, I like the soundtrack. Hans Zimmer is really good. Yeah. Um, I liked um. People were like, oh, it's so dark. But that's what I liked about it. It was, like, serious. And I liked... Sure, he could have stopped Zod a different way at the end. Um, But I liked that he had that dilemma of, like, do I, you know, let these people die and spare, like, one of the last people of my race? Or, like, do I do what's right? And he he did what was right. And, you know, that, that whole thing broke it and I thought it was pretty deep honestly like um but yeah and 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 I really liked you know the redesign of his costume without the underwear (laughs) yeah I thought it was great yeah yeah I I, um I like that they were trying something different with with Superman Mm -hmm. and making him fight uh not that he but it, it also felt like uh first day on the job and it wasn't a great one but that's why he right. will be good at it because the first day on the job was so difficult. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping they would kind of build off that a little bit more and, and really explore Cavill as Superman instead of, you know, misuse. I feel like they've misused him because he, he's a great Superman. Mm-hmm. So I hope yeah, they do more is. with him in that, in that role. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for giving me uh, of your time and being on the show. I hope you you'll be willing to come back again when the book is released and we could talk a little bit more about the story and and some of the things you did in in the creation of it. Um, all the best, and I'm definitely going to be you. picking up the book. Great, thank you. Where can people follow you to see the things that you're posting, or even just you know like your your stuff on Facebook or whatever it is? Um. So like. Like they can follow me on Instagram or Twitter, and my handle is just at Megan Huang, so H U A N G um, five uh, for both. So yeah, they can just you know find me there, find my stuff there. And people yeah. can DM you there for commissions or anything like that, right? Yeah, yeah, great for sure. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you to Megan for coming on the show. Uh, I hope everyone stays safe and stays healthy. And we will be back soon with more episodes. Take care, everyone, and we will talk soon.